Gracious God, we thank you for speaking to us so that we might know of your abundant love for us. Help us to listen to your word. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This week's collect is truly one of the gems in our Book of Common Prayer. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. This prayer was written by Thomas Cramner as he was composing the first prayer book in 1549. In addition to the wonderful cadence of this prayer, not only does it help us to ask God to be with us as we read scripture, but it also teaches us about the how and the why of reading the Bible. Now, Episcopalians might not be known for citing chapter and verse in the middle of conversations, but you all know a lot more scripture than you might realize. Our prayer book has been called the Bible Arranged for Worship. Not counting things like the rubrics and instructions, a full 87% of the words of the prayer book are either quotations of or allusions to scripture. Our liturgy steeps us in the word of God. So pretty much all of those phrases from our liturgy that you know by heart, they are all full of the truths of scripture. That being said, reading the Bible beyond Sunday worship is something commended to all Christians. Our tradition says that scripture contains all things necessary for salvation. So being rooted in the Bible is good soil to be planted in. And this collect helps us to do just that. It opens by addressing God as blessed Lord, a reminder that God is a God of blessing. In every situation and moment, God is reaching towards us with the goodness of his love. The great theologian of the 20th century, Karl Barth, said that God is lovingly loquacious. Indeed, God has a lot to say through nature, through scripture, through the spirit, and most fully in Jesus. God blesses us in speaking to us and always being available for conversation. Now, I know that our lives are full of noise and distractions, but if we are not able to hear God's voice, that is not because God is not speaking, but rather that we are not able to listen. You all remember Will Williman, who we had here in 2019 to preach. He's published a new book that is essentially a long reflection on a Latin phrase, Deus Dixit, which means God has spoken. And he notes that the tense of this phrase is in what is called the eternal perfect, meaning that God has not only spoken in the past, 
but God speaks in every moment. As we know from the opening of John, the Word became flesh in Jesus Christ. And so God's speech is always contemporary. It's never stuck in the past, but God is always speaking, even if it is through words first spoken thousands of years ago. And this takes us to the next phrase of our prayer, that God caused all holy scriptures to be written. This points to what some call inspiration, the idea that scripture is not simply writings of people who lived a long time ago, but rather that scripture is the living record of God's revelation across space and time. This point, though, causes a lot of debate and confusion. We are not claiming that God dictated scripture. We get into trouble when we confuse the sign for the object. Because the clearest expression of the word of God is, of course, Jesus. He is that which towards the entire Bible points. The Bible does not exist to be worshiped or even obeyed. That is called bibliolatry, when strict adherence to a specific reading of the Bible is demanded or expected. No, instead the Bible is something like that sign out at exit 76 on I-85. It has an arrow that points towards downtown and it says Salisbury. But no one in their right mind would stop at that sign and say, I'm here. The sign exists to bring us into town. But far too many Christians treat the Bible as the end instead of the means. Saying that the Bible is inspired is simply a way to say that God uses human language and literature to point us in the direction of the grace, mercy, and love made known in Jesus Christ. The prayer then asks that God grant us to hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest Scripture. There's a clear progression here from a basic acquaintance to having Scripture implanted in our very being. And this tells us that our relationship with Scripture is always one of growth. Sometimes people think that in having scripture read and worship that they will be struck by wisdom and holiness just in hearing the words read. Now, if that happens for you, I'd like to talk to you and learn from how you listen to scripture. Now, this is not to say that we will not have moments of transcendent encounter with God when scripture is read. It's just that for most of us, hearing something read does not lead to an immediate conversion. But we do have to start with hearing. When scripture is read in worship, and I am probably guiltier than anyone on this, try to really listen. It's not the time to be checking your phone, or seeing which pews are empty, or reading through the announcements, or making sure that your hymnal is marked for the next hymn. The reading of scripture demands our full attention. Because if we don't even hear what is read, it's a lot harder to get to the point where we can inwardly digest it. Next, the prayer says that we read scripture. But why do we read scripture? Is it to make you feel righteous for waking up early and reading a chapter of scripture over morning coffee? Of course not, but that's how Bible reading is often viewed in our culture. We read the Bible to make us better people or better Christians. 
or so we think. Now, when the pandemic began and everything shut down, I had to stop going to the gym. After about a month of working from home, 15 feet away from the pantry, <laughs> my pants all started to get tight. So I bought some kettlebells, essentially balls of iron with handles on them. And in the world of kettlebells, they speak of something that happens when you exercise with them. They call it the what in the world effect. And because of the nature of how you use kettlebells, you get strong in ways that you don't realize or even intend. They don't make you into a bodybuilder, but they make you strong enough for whatever life throws at you. In a similar way, that is why we read scripture, to be ready for whatever life throws at us. Now, reading the Bible, it might not make you any calmer. It might not make you curse any less. It might not make you any nicer. Instead, when we read the Bible, we encounter the God who still speaks through those words. And it is this relationship that comes through Scripture, not the words of Scripture themselves, that changes us. Again, it's the sign versus the destination. And that relationship with God that comes through reading Scripture is what makes all the difference. When you are stressed, anxious, scared, angry, or wronged, it's not that you're going to be able to pull a specific passage from Jeremiah or Ephesians out of your memory and just instantly feel better. Rather, it is that you will know the God who is revealed in Scripture is with you. And that is where the peace that passes all understanding comes from. So if you are not in the habit of reading Scripture on a regular basis, I do commend the discipline to you. Scripture is something like food for the faithful. And if we don't eat it, we will starve. The prayer then says that we are to mark Scripture. Yes, this prayer not only gives us permission, it suggests that we should write in our Bibles. What is being commended here is that we study Scripture. The Bible is best thought of not as a book, but a library. The contents of the Bible span centuries of history and several genres. Imagine if you had a book on your shelf that in it contained writings from Plato, Dante, letters from the Revolutionary War, plays by Shakespeare, novels by Agatha Christie, and excerpts from various encyclopedias. Now, if you wanted to read that book, you would need some guidance to know what the genre of each is. And this is where the work of scholars is so important. Not only do we need to hear and read scripture, but we need to read about scripture. Because the Bible is the means, not the end. You might think of the Bible as something like a map, which is a very helpful tool. But in order to use a map, you have to know how to read a map. And you have to know where you are. A lot of Christians get into trouble because they treat the Bible as a GPS system that takes them from point A to point B. And we all know what happens when we rely too much on that sort of navigation. We don't have a very good sense of direction. We mark and study scripture as a way of learning the terrain of God's grace. 
And learning is the next step in this prayer. This is perhaps the hardest step for us because we have to concede that the Bible knows more than we do. That the Bible points us to truths, not of our own making. Now these days you can hear a lot of people quoting studies, pointing to trends and voicing their feelings. Consider how many times we hear that phrase, well, in my experience, or the way I see it is, well, the Bible trumps all of that. The Bible does not trade in fads or ulterior motives. Instead, the Bible points us to the truths of God that shall endure. So many people these days seem to be lost with no moral compass, no sense of purpose or identity. Well, the Bible points us in the direction of truth. It's a question of whether or not we will allow ourselves to learn or not. Do we conform our lives around the truths found in Scripture? Or do we conform Scripture to our needs? Rowan Williams has written that because we are a community formed and shaped by Scripture, it means that we are to live a listening life. Scripture calls us into a new way of seeing the world, a truer way of understanding our lives. Listening and learning, though, is a challenge because Scripture will often teach us that we have prioritized the wrong things, that we need to repent, that we need to change course. The law of inertia says that an object in motion will stay in motion unless it is acted upon by an outside force. So even if we are on the wrong path, we will tend to stay on that wrong path until something pulls us off of it. Scripture is given to us so that we can learn that there is a better way. We then have that great phrase about inwardly digesting Scripture. The goal here is to think biblically. And I have been struck by our collective inability to do this. When it comes to public discourse by Christians about things like climate change, the vaccine, critical race theory, the social safety net, abortion, and gun ownership, Christians rarely think through these issues biblically. To be sure, there's a lot of scripture quoting, but that's not thinking. That's just weaponizing scripture for our own agendas. When I say thinking biblically, I mean thinking that goes in the same direction as the Bible. And to do this, we have to be incredibly familiar and conversant with scripture. We have to read not just verses or chapters or even books, but all of scripture. We have to intimately know the one to whom scripture points, Jesus Christ. Because scripture is so much more than a collection of stories with individual lessons, but there is an overarching narrative to the Bible. It is the same truth we saw in Jesus, that God is gracious and merciful and loving. And when we have inwardly digested scripture, we become people who have peace, grace, and mercy at the center of our communal lives. The prayer then concludes by noting with scripture as our guide, with patience and comfort, we hold fast to the everlasting life given to us in Jesus. In other words, scripture immerses us and surrounds us 
with the love of God made known in Jesus. And this is why scripture is so central. It tells us about and it assures us of God's love for us. And then it teaches us how to abide in that love. Now in a sermon of this length, there is simply no way for me to cover everything about scripture or to answer the very good questions that I'm sure you all have about the Bible. And I really do mean this, truly. I want to talk with each of you about your questions about the Bible. So send me an email or give me a call and we will find time to talk in the coming weeks. And I can give you some resources so that you can go further on your own as well. But in the meantime, take the bulletin home with you today and pray this prayer throughout the week with the hope of hearing and receiving God's word as the words of life. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.